Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. I want to speak this word over somebody tonight. I really came here to declare something over you. I came here to declare a prophetic word over you and then I'll be out of your way. Um, can you take me to Micah 7-8? This is what is really on my heart. Micah 7, 8. Just remain standing. We're going to sit in a sec. Micah 7, 8. Micah 7, 8. Can you read this with me? One, two, three, and go. Oh, take your time. I wanna, come on. One, two, three, and go. One more time. One, two, three, and go. I prophesy to you that the Lord will be your light. This is the word tonight. Do not gloat over me. What is that saying? That's saying that all the people who hate on you, all your haters, get your laughs out now. You can do what you want now. Don't, 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 don't have a field day with it because very, very soon, even though I'm down, I will rise up again. How many people do I have that are victorious here tonight? How many victorious people here? How many victorious people do I have? You're not with me. Let me say it again. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. Haters, don't try it today. Because I may look down today, but one day I will rise again. One day I will get up again. One day I will make it again. One day I will succeed again. One day I will make it. I prophesy you are making it. I don't know who's told you you will never make it, but I stand in the office of a prophet tonight, and I decree and I declare over you that you will rise again. I see you rising again. I see you getting up again. I see you making it again. I see you getting out of depression. I see you getting out of anxiety. I see you getting out of blood pressure. I see you getting out of sickness. You are going to make it. Somebody shout yes! Though I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. Now this means nothing to you if you've never had a bad day. I didn't come here to preach. I came here to talk to you. We're having a conversation today. Next week we'll preach. This only matters to people who have ever been told in their lives they'll never make it. Who have have been told that you will never amount to anything. Your future is not bright. People who have spoken down against you. I don't know if anybody has ever received words like that. People negatively talking over you. Let me see by raise hands if that's you. Somebody has spoken down against you about your destiny. Even if you don't raise it, I've raised my hand. The amount of people that speak against you that you don't know. Don't think that everybody that speaks bad about you is going to tell you in your ear. Do you know the amount of people that speak negatively about you that you do not know? That's why this word says, though I sit in darkness, though I may not know, I may not have it all together today. I may not know how I'm going to pay the bills today. I may not know how I'm going to pass this semester today. I may not know how God is going to make a way. But I don't fear because the Lord will be my light. That means that wherever darkness is, the moment I enter that place, the light on the inside of me begins to shine. I prophesy the light is shining. The light is shining from you tonight. If you can be so bold as to receive it, I see God giving you a 24-hour miracle. A 24-hour miracle. 
that has given up on life. Don't get it twisted. I'm not here to preach like a religious preacher. I'm here to speak to somebody who has given up on life. If not for this service, you are throwing in the towel. I don't know. Someone's in here. I'm going to read this one more time. And you're going to receive it. And there's going to be no instruments because we're not adding this to make it seem as though it's church. No. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. For though you may fall, you will rise up again. I'm telling you, listen to me. You're going to rise again. Listen, you may have a bad month. You may have a bad day. It may be a bad week, but I believe in a God who never fails. I believe in a God who is always on time. I believe in a God that when we call on him, he answers us. Hey. Though you may sit in darkness, the Lord shall be your light. That means that when you enter into a place that seems impossible, the light of God that is on the inside of you has to shine. Do you know that when you enter in a room that is dark, because you bring the light, everybody around you can see now? What am I saying? I'm saying that in your family, you're going to be the solution. I'm saying in your workplace, you're going to be the solution. I'm saying wherever you go, you're going to be the solution. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I don't know who I came here for tonight. But I prophesy that if you can receive this when I say receive it, that there's going to be a 24, 48 hour miracle coming to your house. Does somebody receive it? Say, I receive it. Hey, give God a shout. Hey. Hey. You know, the best thing you can do in this moment, in this atmosphere like this, I know many of you guys are going into exams. Many of you guys are ending, we're all ending the first quarter of the year very soon. The best thing you can do is to, like Pastor Oba said, is to give God a praise before you see it. I'm serious. The best thing you can do is to give God worship before it appears. Because for the next 15 minutes, I want to talk to you on a subject entitled, It's Already Done. It's already done. It's already done. Listen, you can rest at night because it's already taken care of. You don't have to be up at night wondering how the bills will be paid. Listen, it's already done. It's already taken care of. We have a God who does not sleep nor slumber. Every night he's up thinking about your future so you can rest. I speak to somebody that can't sleep at night. Rest. It's already taken care of. Turn to three people so it's already taken care of. It's already taken care of. Have your seats. Have your seats. It's already taken care of. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. I'm going to get into this, but this young man over there with the overalls, would you come to me? With the overalls on the hat. Would you come to me? Come to me. Come to me. Clap for this young man as well. No, no, you can stand here. This is cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. God has given you an anointing to reach people I can't reach. All right? And tonight, God is going to begin to speak to you in your dreams. He's begin to, it's going to begin to already tell you things about your future. But all that he's telling you is because there's a people that you're going to reach that no one else can reach. 
and God says stay faithful to him you've been faithful God says remain faithful and he will bless you with things that money can buy and things that money cannot buy because the spirit of wealth is all over you but it's going to come through faithfulness to his call be faithful I don't know who you are but God says be faithful because there's an anointing that's coming upon you in the name of Jesus receive it you can receive it for yourself in fact you know what I'm done receiving stuff for myself I'm receiving stuff for my children now you can receive it for your kids now receive it receive it for your generation yet unborn receive it <laughs> Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, I'm here. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. Understand the context of this scripture. The context of this scripture is simple. It's that God, you know, the children of Israel had wanted a king. So they, you know, they, they went to the prophet. Prophet Samuel said, you know what, okay, no worries. We're going to anoint a king. God says, go to, go, to, go to Saul. They go to Saul. Saul is anointed. As king of Israel, he goes over, he's supposed to kill. He does not do exactly what he's supposed to do. He keeps some of the things and he kills the rest. He keeps what he likes and he kills what he doesn't like. Therefore, God, in his might, rejects King Saul. So this is where we pick up this scripture. In verses 16, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man by the name of Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel said, how can I do that? If Saul hears about this, he'll kill me. It says, take heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Verses 3, invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Verses 4, so Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Verses 5, yes, Samuel says, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice as well. Verses 6, when the people arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Verses 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. This story is for the individual. This sermon is for the person that is listening to me here or not in this room. That is under the sound of my voice wherever and whenever it may be. And you're asking yourself, how is it that God is going to anoint me? God has sent me as a man of God tonight to speak to somebody here who you're discounting yourself from receiving the anointing. You think God can't use you because of how you appear. You think God can't anoint you because of what you've been through. And God is sending me to you tonight to simply tell you this, that he does not even look at the exterior. For God looks at the heart and God has seen your heart and therefore he's awarding you and rewarding you with anointing. If you don't know what the anointing is, the anointing is that which that makes the difference. When you have somebody who's a powerful singer and they can sing all the runs and the riffs and it's great and it's a difference between a singer and a worshiper. The, the difference is the anointing. You can have a vocalist who's a great singer but then you have somebody who when they sing, things happen in the atmosphere. Why? Because there's something called the anointing. Say the anointing. 
the anointing breaks the yoke the anointing makes the difference so in this scripture we have the, the prophet by the name of Samuel who's gone to anoint another king over Israel so he goes to the house of Jesse and he's looking he sees the first son and he says surely it must be him but it's not him moving onwards verses 8 says then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel but Samuel said this is not the one that the Lord has chosen verses 9 next Jesse summoned Shimea and it says but Samuel said neither is it this one that the Lord has chosen verses 10 in the same way all seven of Jesse's sons were present to Samuel but Samuel said to Jesse the Lord has not chosen any of these verses 11 then Samuel asked are these all the sons that you have? And he said, no, there is still the youngest in the fields attending to the sheep and the ghosts. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down until he arrives. Verses 12, I'm, I'm finishing up here. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Amen. And the Lord said, <laughs> and the Lord said, all the brothers say, amen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. This is the one. Turn to someone and say, you're the one. No, turn to somebody else. He didn't like that neighbor. You, you front. Say, you're the one. Someone say, you the one. Say, you're the one. You're the one. How about if I told you that God orchestrated this whole meeting here today for you? How about if I tell you that God made it in such a way that on a day like today, we'd be found in this place. You would be wearing what you're wearing. I'd be wearing what I'm wearing. Shout out to the creative team. This is for the creative team. Come on. Shout out to the creative team. And, 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 and we would all be here in one place, in one accord, just so that you can receive clarity about your future. You see, Jesse had sons, but there was one son who was in the fields. There was one son that wasn't counted amongst the sons. There was one son that was always on the outskirts. Uh, some scholars and theologians like to say that he was born out of wedlock. So because he was, he wasn't counted as one of the traditional sons. Now, I don't know who has discounted you from your future. I don't know who has spoken about you, telling you you can't make it in life. I, I don't know who's the person. I don't know what the circumstances or what, what the situation is. I really, I really came here with a burden on my heart to tell somebody that irrespective of how it seems, God is always working behind the scenes. God is always working behind the scenes. That's why I love him so much. I love God so much because when people think that this is how God is going to do it, he always takes an alternative route. Anybody thankful that God took an alternative route? You know what? Let me say this. If he took the conventional route, you wouldn't be where you are today. So God had to take the behind the scenes route. He had to let people think that they were getting the oil just so that you could be called into the room where you would receive it. He allowed there to be people before who looked that they should be doing what you're doing, but he brought you into that space so that you can know that although God sees them, he chooses you. Oh my gosh. Oh, if you're going to clap, do it well. That was, come on, that was like 50%. God sees the alternatives, but he chooses you as the primary. He orchestrated this whole meeting today because of you. 
He brought us here in one accord because of you. You're thinking to myself, me? <laughs> me? What do, what do I have to do with this? You have everything to do with this. Do you know how, what God can do the moment you decide that you're the one that God can pour his oil on? So, we break it down in this scripture. They call for David, the man after God's own heart. And David is tending to the sheep. He's tending to the flock. And it bears to even speak about this, that those that God chooses to anoint are not looking to be anointed. Let me repeat that. Those that God chooses to anoint are not necessarily looking for the anointing. They are looking to be of service. So, David is in the fields. He's tending to the flock. He's doing what he has to do. He's doing his thing. And God, through his supernatural detour behind the scenes, calls for David to be brought. And the, the prophet says, none of us will sit down until the one that God has chosen walks in the room. I want to tell you something. God is about to pause a situation for you. Oh my goodness, I'm not preaching. These people are not here. I said, God, is, he's going to pause the situation. Have you ever watched a movie, watching Netflix, and you put it on pause? God is about to pause an episode just for you. He's about to pause a scenario so that you can walk into the place. God is going to make it such so that nobody can sit down. I prophesy, some people that have your keys to your success in their hands will lose sleep until they give it to you. Who am I talking to? I mean, they won't be able to sleep until they give you that job. They won't be able to sleep until they give you that grade. They won't be able to sleep. Everything will be put on pause until you receive what God needs you to receive. Shout yes! My God, please be seated. There is a situation that is being put on pause. Why? Because although there are a lot of people who are your clones, it's not the original. Although there's a lot of people who may try to do what you do, it can't be what you do because the anointing is something that if God decides, nobody can say otherwise. People come to me and say, Pastor Kofi, I want the anointing on your life. So you want the anointing? Okay. Can you handle the hate? Can you handle the accusations? Can you handle the pressure of the anointing? You see, because everybody likes the glamorous side of the anointing. Can I talk in here? People like the glamour of the call of God. Now it's popular to be a pastor. When we started, it wasn't popular to be a pastor. But the glamour of the call has taken over the sacrifice of the call. The call to ministry is a dead walk. It's a walk of brokenness. It's a God, I lay my will, not my will, but let your will be done. It's, it's, it's a call that says, God, I'm broken. I put my life on the line. Whatever you want to do, do it. That is the call to ministry. Not many can handle the call of ministry, the sacrifice of ministry for the oil. What they like is the glamour, but they can't handle the price. They can't handle the crucifixion. A lot of people want the anointing to raise the dead. They want the anointing to allow the, 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 the what is it? The, uh, friend of Sample. The, the, the handkerchiefs. Thank you, Jesus. A lot of people want the handkerchiefs 
uh, from their body like Paul to be able to heal the sick but they don't understand that in order for you to walk in that type of power you have to be understanding this that you have to go through persecution that you will go through a time where you'll be locked up away for the anointing. Can you imagine how David is feeling now? All of his brothers are there. Yet he's the only one that's the outcast because he doesn't belong. So he's doing his thing. He's writing his songs in the fields. He's practicing his craft. He's doing what he has to do. He's, he's, he's just seeking after the heart of God. And God is actually seeking after him. And so he begins to do what he has to do. He's killing lions, he's killing bears, he's doing what he has to do. And all of a sudden, a situation is placed on pause. Someone say pause. And all of a sudden, David, here he comes and he's from the field. So you know he's not smelling right. And he's from the field, so you know he's not dressing right. And this is huge ceremony. If you can picture it, there's this huge ceremony of people that are waiting. And the prophet is standing. And all the men of God are around. And all the prophets are there. And then you see this boy come in. And yes, he's handsome, but he smells. And yes, he's handsome, but he doesn't look the way he should. And, and, and yes, he may look like he may have some potential, but he's not ready to be used yet. So everybody thinks. And so... Here he comes and he's walking in and he's like, what the heck is going on? Why is the prophet here? Why are the people here? And the prophet looks at him and the prophet says, you're the one that God wants to anoint. Amen. And he's looking to someone like, I'm the one? And he says, you're the one that God wants to anoint. And I'm going to pause right here because this is where a lot of us are right now. God is trying to anoint you, but you, you, you don't want the oil. God is trying to promote you, but you're, you're scared of the success of the promotion. God is trying to lift you, but you're afraid of heights. God is trying to enlarge you, but you like what you have. So God wants to lift you to a different place. He wants to take you to a different place, but... We have to be ready for the persecution of the next level. The devil's at the next level. The difficulties at the next level. But I've come as a prophet of God to tell you that although you are the one, God has given you grace to fight the demons at the next level. God is giving you grace to fight off all the demons, all the naysayers. God is giving you the anointing not just to promote, but the anointing to fight off what you need. I came for five people here today. He's giving you the anointing that you need to carry you through. Amen. You are the one that God is looking for. I conclude. And we're going to pray in a second. Like I said, I didn't, didn't come here to preach tonight. I came here with a message on my heart. Talk to one person here. One thing that I love about this scripture is this church is this is that this whole time Saul thinks that he's still king Saul thinks that he's still anointed Saul thinks that he still has the oil it's a very dangerous thing to be rejected by God and not know it because you still try to operate in power but it's all in your might it's a very, it's a, it's a dangerous thing, Pastor Oba, to be operating at a next level with old oil. <laughs> 
It's a dangerous thing to take on an assignment that you don't have the anointing for. It's almost detrimental to your call to be able to say, God, use me. But you're not sacrificing for him to use you because God works with what? Broken vessels. So when God sees that you've been broken, then he uses you. But after you've been broken, please do not put yourself back together. Please do not put yourself back together. God needs you to still be broken. Because he used you at one level doesn't mean you have to put yourself together and then be broken at the... No, God wants you broken all the time. He wants you broken at the workplace. He wants you broken in the church. He wants you broken on the streets. What does it mean to be broken in the workplace? It means that whatever they require from you, you do it with excellence. It means you're not talking back to your bosses. You're not talking back to your professors. But you're doing it in all due diligence. You're doing the work that you have to do because you are a broken vessel. That's what it means to be broken. To be broken means to be submitted. To be broken means that irrespective of what your mind is trying to fight, there is something on the inside called your spirit and your spirit will pierce through your emotions. So, Saul is rejected, but David has been anointed. Picture this. You have this huge king. He's like six foot, six foot five. He's huge. He has a crown on his head. And you have this small little boy, 16, 17-year-old, but he has the anointing for him. He's been anointed and Saul has been rejected. And then that's when the Holy Ghost spoke to me before I walked into the service. And he says, this is what I've done with a lot of people in this place. A lot of people in this place are thinking, I don't look the part, I am not the part, I don't have the lingo, I don't have the language, but I'm telling you, although you may not have everything, you have the oil. You may not have it all together, but you have the anointing. You may not look like it. It may not look like you're going to pass this semester, but listen, you have already passed it. It's already working. It's already done. It's, listen, there's some things that are already done in the spirit that you, you don't have to do. It's already done in the spirit. There's some spiritual transactions that are already done. David already had the anointing. It was just up to him to realize that he was anointed. I submit to you this evening. Come to the realization that you have the anointing. You know, in Luke 15, the Bible talks about, Luke 15, 11, the Bible talks about the parable of the two sons. And the Bible begins to depict the story of the one son that went away and he wasted all. The Bible even calls him the prodigal son. And he goes and he wastes everything that he has. But the Bible says there comes to a point in the scripture where he's in the pen with the pigs. And then the Bible says then he comes to himself. He realizes that. Even the servants, the paid servants in my father's house even have food to eat. But look at me, the son of a rich man and I'm eating. I'm even desiring what the pigs are eating. Some of us in this room tonight just need to come to ourselves. You're already anointed. You're already gifted. You've already passed. You're already victorious. You've already made it. You just need to be able to believe it, that you've already made it. Believe that you've already conquered. Believe that you've already overcome. You, 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 you say it with your mouth, but you don't believe it with your heart. Listen to me. You are already an overcomer. You are already making it in life. You've already passed. You've already broken through. All you have to do is walk the steps. You've already been there. You've already broken the next level. You're already there. You just have to believe it. Come to yourself. Come to yourself. I'm preaching tonight from the depths of my spirit. Come to yourself tonight. I plead with you, come to yourself because people depend on it. Come to yourself. Come to yourself. Now that the anointing is on you, there's only one thing that is required of you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is our anchor scripture and I'm through. 
Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you the paths to take. Let's say this one more time. Can you read with me? Here we go. One, two, three, and go. That's it. Stop it right there. So you're asking yourself, Pastor Kof, okay, fine. You're telling me that I'm anointed. You're telling me that this whole thing will stop just for me. What do I have to do? All you have to do is trust. Trust. Just trust in the Lord with not half of your heart, not a quarter of your heart, not 15% of your heart, but what? With what? Oh. That means your emotions, your intellect, your mind, your will. It means sometimes you have to be able to break your will to say, Will, although in your mind, in my mind, you think that God can't use me for this, I am trusting the Lord with all of my heart. And I'm not leaning. I'm not depending on my own understanding. Some of you guys are going to exams times right now. I, I submit to you tonight. Listen, do not even just lean on your own understanding. Do not even just lean on your own understanding. I remember one time and I was in my second year, I was writing an exam and honestly, it was tough. If, uh, honestly, I don't even know how I passed. Like, I don't know if you've ever had that type of exam. It's like, you're writing it and you don't even, the thing is not, like, you don't even know how you're gonna pass. So you don't know how it's gonna come out, but you're like, okay, I'm just, I'm doing it. I kid you not, in the middle of the exam, it's like something open in my mind. And all of a sudden, it was like a sociology paper or something. And concepts that were in there, but I didn't even understand how they were coming together, started flowing through my mind. Flowing through my mind. Flowing through my mind. And all of a sudden, I began to write it. And I don't know how I passed, but I didn't just pass. I think I got like a B plus or something in the class. I was like, oh, thank God that I, okay, clap, sure, amen. And I, I was thanking God because truth be told, there was no way that I was going to pass that course. If I just leaned on my own understanding, yes, you can say I should have studied. I'm pretty sure I did, but sometimes you walk into the exam hall. It's not that you haven't studied, but the whole process. Sometimes you forget some stuff in just the process. Oh, y'all ain't with me. Waking up in the morning, just <laughs> knowing you have an exam that day. <laughs> Eating breakfast, going to the exam hall, everybody's studying. You're thinking... I didn't read that. And someone's like, and someone's like, yeah, you know, but this calculation that you're like, what calculation? And you're thinking to yourself, did I miss a whole chapter? You know you studied it, but because of the whole experience, it's making you forget some stuff. And you get into the exam hall. So our understanding is limited anyway. So why don't we just lean on an understanding that is endless? The spirit of God. Although you do your part, what you do is that you do your part, then you submit your part to the Holy Spirit. You say, God, this is all I've done. This is what I've come up with. Now, I lean not on my understanding alone, but I also lean on your understanding to bring it forth. Listen, I'm preaching not just to people who are in school, but I'm preaching to people who are about this life, about this Christian life. I'm telling you that irrespective of how it looks like, it may look like you're going to fail like it was in my second year, but if you lean not on your own understanding, but the understanding of the Holy Spirit, you will make it in life. Somebody say, I will make it. Say, I will make it. You are victorious. Amen. You are a winner. Amen. <laughs> you are going far in life. I'm telling Amen. you. 
I'm telling you. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. What God is going to do through you is going to shock this generation. Amen. He's going to shock. And then the verse ends up here. Keys, you can help me. I'm done. The verse ends up here. It says, seek his will in all that you do. And he will show you which path to take. Some of you are at our crossroads right now. Should I go left or should I go right? What should I do in life? Like, I don't even know what I even want to do with my degree. I don't know what I'm trying to do. I've been out of school for three years. I still don't know what I want to do. I have my master's, my PhD. I still don't know what I want to do. It says, seek his will in all that you do. We only come and seek God for some of what we want. And that's our difficulty. Is that God is waiting for you to seek him in all that you do. That means that everything in life, God is depending and he's wanting you to seek him. He wants you to seek him in all that you do. So you seek him and you seek what? You seek his will. His will is his intent. It's what he's thinking. It's his design, his agenda for your life. And so what happens in the will is that there's a battle between your will and God's will. So what you have to do very simply, very, 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 very applicable is what you have to do is submit your will to his will. So you do. You submit your will to his will. How do you do that, pastor? You break yourself before him. How do you break yourself before him, pastor? You come to say, God, I don't know everything. You know everything. So I come to you. You are the one that has the words of life. So I come to you. You break, that's how you, you submit it. It's a humble act to submit. You submit it to God. And the moment that you do submit it to God, what happens is, He then takes your submission and then He shows you the path to take. He'll tell you left, He'll tell you right, He'll tell you, not this person. Don't work with that person. Move on. He's going to waste three years of your life. Just don't do it. <laughs> He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you the path to take. Now it's my prayer tonight. It's really, really my prayer tonight. That somebody will break their will for God's will. Why? Because you already have the anointing. You just have to wake up to know that it's in you already. Let's be on our feet. I love what David did. She said, what David did, it, it, like, I love it so much because he was anointed Zion. Then he doesn't boast in the fact that he's been anointed, Rebecca. He goes back to exactly what he was doing. Right back to the fields. many of us God can anoint us simply because of that because you will exalt yourself way too high that he's waiting for your heart and your posture to break before he can give you the anointing that you need so David is anointed then he returns right back to the fields and he continues to work like nothing has happened. He's carrying the promise of a nation, the power to control a nation, the anointing to control a nation. 
but yet he's still tending to the sheep. My gosh. So, when God begins to lift you, can you still dance? Can you, can, when God begins to reward you, will you still pay your tithe? So when God begins to lift you a little bit, will you still remember the way that you got the anointing in the first place? Some of us catch a little dot of oil. No, I didn't say the whole flask, right? You catch a little sprinkle of the anointing. And all of a sudden, we exalt ourselves so highly. And we're looking for all types of titles and we're looking for all The title doesn't make the anointing. God is looking for people tonight who will simply break their will so that he can truly anoint. The swap has already happened. But you have to awaken. You have to become aware of what's already on you. Become aware of the anointing that already rests upon you. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.